0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at pipesmagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Tonight's episode will feature a brand new segment learning to do the Happy Pipe Show Party Dance. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax. The smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, back here in the comfy confines of Concord, North Carolina. And in tonight's show, I'm going to talk about uh, my trip. Yep, the trip to Germany for the inter Tobacco show. I'll cover that in pipe parts Uh, My guest tonight is Brad Pullman, pipe maker extraordinaire. So we'll have Brad on the phone in just a little bit. Uh, Music. It's National Coffee Day, so we got a coffee song by a pipe smoker for us for music. Uh, Mailbag will get caught up on the last couple of weeks. And a rant specifically because of and inspired by... Uh, This weekend, upcoming the New Orleans Pipe Show in New Orleans, Louisiana, had to move locations. They only moved four blocks away, but they did have to move locations. Looks like it's going to be a great venue. Uh, On my travels down there, tomorrow morning I will be getting up bright and early and heading down to Jackson, Mississippi and looking forward to hanging out with uh, J.D. at the Country Squire and then uh, possibly Bo and then uh Thursday working my way back down to New Orleans Friday got a little bit to do in and around the New Orleans area and then the fun all starts with the pipe show uh speaking of the pipe show itself if you're ready yeah I'm ready too it's been uh, since August for a pipe show and I can't wait to get down there and See a good bunch of people, and uh, while I'm, you know, last time I was down there, I fell in love with the classic Sazerac, so going to have to find some, uh, find some places to get a couple of Sazeracs while I'm down there. Uh, in the meantime, would appreciate it if you all would go on iTunes and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. We do appreciate those. It's been a while since we've had one. And we know that there's more than 140 of you that are listening on iTunes because we see the downloads. So, appreciate it if you got a chance. Please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Alright enough jibber jabbering Let's get the show going Everybody fire up a bowl Sit back, relax Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company Here we go I wish I had a genie who could make it
1: easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fournoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fournoggins.com Fournoggins.com I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir.
2: Fournoggins.com
3: I'm Jeremy Reeves, Head Blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell and Deal has been producing high quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller Autumn Evening. We start with Whole Leaf Red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes autumn evening so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information.
0: Welcome back. In just a minute, Brad Pullman will be on the phone with me. But For now, let's recap the uh, the trip to Germany for the inter show. And I'll do this kind of quickly. Um, first of all, nice flights both going there and back. Got that over with. Had plenty of room. Nothing interesting on the flights. Uh, if you are traveling into Europe, let me highly suggest that you travel into Europe through Barcelona. I uh, had a three-hour layover there, and once you get past security and you're into the terminal, in Barcelona, they have two count it, two very large, almost an acre or two outdoor uh, outdoor areas where smoking is allowed and welcome. There's ashtrays all over the place, plus... Both sides have little cafes or ice cream shops where you can sit at a table and chairs and have an ashtray in front of you and have an umbrella or under a, uh, under a patio roof, sit there and smoke, and they were exceedingly pipe and cigar friendly there. So if you're traveling to Europe and you have to change planes somewhere, I'm heading to Barcelona first. Uh the first two nights there, not much exciting stuff going on. Wednesday night basically got there, had dinner with a group of uh with a group of folks from McBaron, and we went uh, uh the second night, got the show set up, got the booth all done, and then that second night again went to dinner with uh Henry Hallberg, the owner of McBaron and a couple other folks that had joined in and uh, went to a Mongolian barbecue, where those of you that follow me on Facebook saw that I ate zebra meat, and apparently it's not white and dark meat striped, it's all kind of dark red meat, uh, but it was very tasty, it tasted a lot like the seasoning that was put on it. Also on the uh, on the offerings there were uh, ostrich and kangaroo. tried the ostrich. it was good too. Alright, the Inner Tobacco Show is a global show of everything that is related to tobacco. So there's everything from uh, tobacco leaf growers and suppliers all the way up to machinery and packaging and manufacturing suppliers to everything distributed tobacco-wise around the world. It's primarily a show that started out for the German retail market but has grown into just this global marketplace. So, traditionally, the first day on Friday is uh, just the international business, and then on Saturday, some of the German retailers start showing up, and Saturday's international, and then Sunday is really uh, just German retail but it is still amazing to me to see all these people coming from all these different countries and very few of them using translators most of the business is done in uh, done in english uh had a couple of really good meetings and discussing some of our uh lower price pipe tobaccos and being exported around the world uh did get a little bit of a chance to go out and walk around spent some time with bob gregory smoked a bowl of his cabby's blend it was uh it was very good. I'll be interested to see what it does with about six months of age on it, but that's just me. Uh, spent uh, spent some more time with Bob and Ian Walker. They were sharing a uh, sharing a booth together, and they are a hysterical pair. Uh, warning: If you get a chance to hang out with them, you don't need to show up with a soft uh, with a soft skin. You need to <laughs> you need your body armor on. Uh, on Saturday, Arno, the Dutch pipe smoker and a couple of his friends came over and visited with us and that was really nice to get to spend some time with Arno and we sat and we smoked a bowl together, had coffee and, uh, showed him some of the new stuff and, uh, gave him a couple of samples of the new, uh, the new HH Pure Virginia that's out and it was just a great time to spend with them. Uh, Saturday night was... Peterson Pipes and Tom Palmer invited me to their hundred and fiftieth anniversary dinner, where they flew in a band from Ireland of traditional Irish musicians, singers, dancers, and that was absolutely wonderful. And then, as the Irish do, when the party was over inside the uh, inside the ballroom, the party continued at the uh, at the bar, and yeah, uh, well, there was a lot of drinks going on. Uh, That night, spent some time talking to Todd Johnson, who was over visiting and showing his uh, Icarus and Neptune pipes and all the stuff that they're doing, including a new launch that they're doing uh, in conjunction with Jonathan of Moonshine Pipes. Uh, It was fun to catch up with him. Uh, One of the nice things about going to the Inner Tobacco show is that the people that are normally swamped with uh, customers and really busy at like a Chicago pipe show or at the IPCPR, we're not quite as busy. So we really get a chance to catch up and spend some time together and yeah, sit down with Eric Stokeby and have a, and have a couple of drinks and catch up with what's going on. Uh, Sunday, the show closed. And then Sunday night I drove with, uh, pair Jensen and a couple others from McBaron and we got to Hamburg and spent the night there. Uh, I guess it's kind of traditional for, uh, for a group of the Danes to, uh, drive down or take the train to Hamburg. And then they all jump into like two cars and scurry down to, uh, down to Dortmund. So that was a nice evening, nice dinner. I believe they tried to poison me with some liqueur that I can't remember what it was, but it was, uh, not real tasty, but I drank it like a true, uh, like, like a true team member. I took one for the team. Uh, the next day, on Monday in Hamburg, was my day to uh, take it easy and get caught up and enjoy the sights and sounds of Hamburg, which is a, a beautiful little port town, port city. Real easy, convenient trains to get around. I spent some time walking around. I'll post some pictures on Facebook uh, later today. I promise, maybe. Um, just a just a wonderful place, and actually was uh, kind of mad at Starbucks there because. Starbucks, uh, they've got one in an old bank building in uh, right in the downtown area of Hamburg, and there's, beauti- there's a beautiful patio with a water fountain on it and ashtrays on all the tables, people sitting out there smoking under the umbrellas, and I look up into the umbrellas and what's wired up in there, but wired heaters. So apparently Starbucks uh, won't let you smoke in the U.S., but <laughs> you can go to the land of Germany and smoke outside and enjoy the sights and sounds of Hamburg Uh, spent the night it uh, spent the evening drinking at a Irish pub, which meant it was Irish because the guy that owned it was Irish and they served Guinness and a couple other uh, Irish whiskeys Uh, met a really, uh, really nice gentleman named Bjorn from uh, Iceland. And he and I sat and drank and smoked and talked together. And then the next day, Flew back home. So there you go. There's my trip to uh, Germany. Germany a little more smoking friendly than uh, some states here in the United States. All right. In just a minute, Brad Pullman will be on the phone with me. This is Internet
4: Radio. Hi. My name is Eileen Sachi for MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you.
5: The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th president of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco. Founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on Earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures.
0: Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me on the phone is a pipe maker that I am really familiar with, and I'm proud to call one of my friends, so please welcome Brad Pullman to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Brad, welcome.
6: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So let's go all the way back to the beginning. Where did you grow up, and when did you first become interested in smoking a pipe?
6: Oh, gosh, I I grew up in Monterey Park, which is, oh, I don't know, maybe about 13 miles or so to the uh, east of uh, Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles, and uh, actually, my my brother uh, was given a pipe by my parents uh, when he was 17, and I was 15, and uh, I had a close eye on that pipe, and... (laughs) Uh, ended up going to uh, a pipe shop uh, not too far from home with my father to get uh, to get my brother a calabash for for christmas and uh, just fell in love with the shop and uh, the aromas and all the cases with tobacco and everything and jeez uh, uh, that was about the same time that malls started popping up everywhere that yeah. those years were about the beginning of the malls. And, uh, geez, just about every mall had a pipe shop in it at, at that time. And, and, uh, I'd go driving around to different malls and go to all the pipe shops. Once I had my license and, uh, and then eventually we got our own pipe shop in, in Monterey park. Uh, um, uh, an ex, uh, well, he uh, was a Vietnam vet, came back home and opened up a pipe shop, Jack Cano, the tobacco barrel in uh, Monterey Park. And uh, so I started hanging out there and worked behind the counter with Jack. And um, then he opened up a, a second shop in uh, Monrovia. And uh, so I helped him. I helped him build the interior of uh, that shop, and um, that was, uh, those, those were the beginnings. I just got bit by the pipe bug early on, started at about, 15, I probably got my first pipe at about 16. Well,
0: what were the, what was the interior of that shop like? I mean, was it a lot of cabinetry with uh, with pipes on display and tobaccos out and...
6: Uh, the one in Monrovia, yeah, a lot of dark wood, shelves, um, glass cases, uh, we had a, uh, little barrels filled up with tobacco, and all of those barrels were set on a Lazy Susan type affair, so you could turn... In the lazy Susan, and open up the lid of a small little keg-sized barrel, and uh, help yourself. And that's where we weighed uh, the different blends out. Out of uh, each barrel had its own blend, and you'd reach in there and and uh, weigh out uh, whatever amount the customer wanted. And then we had uh, little glass tall. Uh, Kind of glass candy jars on the shelf with with uh, blends as well, and uh, it was nice. it was a great shot
0: were most of those tobaccos do you remember were they hand were they custom blended in the store
6: yeah, yeah, yeah we got uh most all of the tobacco came in uh big bulk bags uh from McConnell's a lot a lot of straight blending tobaccos. And uh, yeah, they were all, they were all blend specific to the to the shop. There were no pre-blended, relabeled tobaccos. They were all the real deal.
0: And I know we, we want to talk to you about pipe making, but now I'm really interested. Did you also have a full line of uh, of the old tin tobaccos? And
6: yeah. Yeah, every, everything. We had everything. That's, uh, my first uh, introduction to Rat Trays Tobaccos and Barney's and, uh, of course, uh, Balkan Sobrani and Sullivan's and Dunhill and we had a, it, it was the heyday. Those, those were the heydays.
0: Yeah, and I imagine you sold a few pipes too.
6: Oh yeah, 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 we were, uh, we had doctors coming in and that's just the whole crew, all, uh, some of my friends from from school and my older brother and people from uh, different stores downtown, everybody come in and. It was kind of like the place to hang out, you know. People come in with a cup of coffee and just hang out and talk. It was, it was uh, unique,
0: Sounded, and friendly. Sounds wonderful. Uh, but when did yeah? Let's go forward. To when did you get started making pipes? Because you're not new to this game.
6: Yeah, well, you know, I uh, I took a trip over. I wanted to go to England to check out the pipe shops and so forth over there. So, I went over to England and, and I uh, went to all the... I uh, went to Dunhill's and went to Peterson's and went to Sheraton and went to uh, Astley's down there on German Street. And... Uh, then on my way back, my, I stopped in New York City and, uh, I saw this guy. I can't even remember what shop it was. It might have been Peterson's. I can't remember. But there was a, a guy making pipes in the window there. So I went in and talked to him and, and, uh, we had a great conversation. and I left and eventually made my way back home to San Diego, and um, I really haven't set down roots there yet. And uh, so I just decided, geez, you know, I'd really like to open up my own shop and stock it with pipes that I make. And uh, so my conundrum was learning. Um, having to learn how to, how to make vibes. So I think in the back of my brain, I really wanted to go hang out with uh, the guy that I had met in New York, <laughs> but, um, I had, I had, uh, a subscription to the pipe smokers ephemeris and I had uh, multiple issues of that. And I poured through the ephemeris and pulled out the names of, everybody that was making pipes and there weren't really all that many at that time and uh, so I took off and went back up uh, got to Washington State and went out to Whitby Island and the San Juans and there was a guy named Travers LaRue making pipes out there on the island and I really liked them I, I liked what he was doing but uh his daughter had just gotten married and, and uh, he had taken on her new husband uh, to start making pipes. So I was aced out there. And then uh, you'll find this interesting, Brian. Uh, on my way back to San Diego from New York, uh, I, I had uh, stopped at the chateau at Lake Louise in Alberta, Canada and uh, ended up staying there from August until March, uh, working illegally. And I met, I met a gal by the name of Sharon, can't remember her last name, but she was the niece of Mr. Brigham, huh. of Brigham Pipes. And uh, so after I left Washington State, eventually I made my way to Toronto and uh, got a hold of Sharon, and uh, she took me down to Brigham Pipes, and I had a talk with Mr. Brigham, and we discussed things and decided that it was just too complicated to get a work permit to work legally in Canada and so on. So uh, that didn't pan out. And then I went. Uh, eventually got down to uh, New York City, and the fellow in the window had disappeared. And I found out that he had found out that he had uh moved up to Vermont. So I started making my way to Vermont and oh uh, jeez. Uh stopped at Andrew Mark's shop in in uh Middlebury and that didn't work out. And um uh, then uh, did the extra little mileage up to Stowe, vermont and that's where i uh hooked up with the briar workshop there and uh, so that's where i got my beginning at the briar workshop learning learning the lathe and belt sanding and shaping and staining and that's where it all started
0: what year was the uh trip to london Uh, um, 1975. And so did it take you about a year, year and a half to get back to, uh, to get up to, up to Vermont?
6: Yeah, I, I got to Vermont in, uh, late, late August, early September of 76.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're you're a young guy just out cruising all around the globe and uh doing all this hopping around and you end up in you end up finally in Vermont
6: right yeah i had uh I had spent the winter <clears throat> it was the first winter that Lake louise was uh open that the chateau was open for the winter was the uh and uh so I ended up learning how to downhill ski in uh, at Lake Louise, and uh, and then by the following winter, I was in Stowe, Vermont, which is you know one of the ski capitals of the East Coast, and ended up uh, skiing there for four or five years at Stowe. So it worked out well. What could be better? Downhill skiing and and uh, making pipes. It was a great life. <laughs>
0: Uh, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk more ski bum, and then we'll uh, get into pipe making. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
7: If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupOfJoes Cupofjoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cupofjoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, cupofjoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices.
4: What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of age briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So, whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today.
0: We are back visiting with uh, ski bum and pipe maker Brad Pullman. Uh, Brad, so you, you get to Vermont, and that's uh, working with uh, with Elliot Knockwalter.
6: Yeah, Elliot and Jorg. Yep.
0: Yeah. So they do they teach you one step at a time on the pipe, or do they just teach you the pipe from start to finish? Uh, no, I learned.
6: Each step separately. When I first got there, I I was uh, working, I I worked the lathe and uh, I did uh, all of the drilling and uh, um, removal of excess wood around the ball and the shank. And um, oh gosh, I think I do like about 25 pipes a day like that, 25 blocks of wood Bam, saw it out. Draw the lines, <clears throat> put it on the lathe. Yeah, twenty, twenty-five, twenty-five a day. And um, okay, so I, after I got done with them on the lathe, Elliot <laughs> Elliot would do uh, the final shaping on the pipe. And uh, at that time, we had had a guy with us when I first started named Steve Garrett. And, uh, he, he did the belt sanding. He didn't, uh, gosh, I don't know how long he was there. I, I don't, I don't think he was, I think he was probably gone, uh, by the end of my first year there. And, and then I took over doing the belt sanding and, uh, uh, and probably at about the time that I started doing the belt sanding, everything, uh, I was about the time Jim Cook joined us. And then I believe Jim, Jim took over on the lathe and Jim was doing all the lathe work. I was belt sanding and, and, uh, doing the finish, finish work, the finishing, uh, staining and, and, uh, buffing and all of that. And, uh, Jorg was, York was more, more of the millwright in the shop. He took care of the machinery and, and, uh, maintained, maintained things and fiddled about for the most part. He was, uh, he was not, he was not a, a big pipe smoker, but, uh, he and Elliot started the Briar Workshop, so. He had uh, he had an interest in its
0: success. How long were you with them?
6: Uh from nineteen seventy six until nineteen eighty. Uh we our last year our last year together was spent down in Florida. And uh we were working with um the guys who oh geez, what was the name of that? Uh uh, pipe distributorship. Uh, Wenhall, Wenhall. I don't know if anybody will remember that. Mm-hmm. Wenhall pipes. so Burton, Burton Mel and uh, Mel's father was uh, Papa Rosenberg who who was the owner of Arlington pipes way, way back when out of uh, I think it was Brooklyn if I'm not mistaken and uh so I had the opportunity to work with Papa a little bit and uh he had another old timer that uh worked with him during uh the Arlington days called uh charlie uh Tusa. charlie Tuzza, an old uh italian <laughs> and uh got to work with Charlie as well and uh showed me a few things as far as making form form-shaped wheels with specific specific functions for each wheel. And it was interesting. It was uh, old world. See. Then we uh, splintered apart in the spring of 1980, and uh, I took off and eventually made my way back to California. And I wanted to learn more about uh, the things that, Jorg did as far as maintaining machinery and so forth. So I ended up uh, I ended up in a uh, four year tool and die apprenticeship, and uh, that gave me the knowledge that I needed to work with metal and machinery and learn precision machining and techniques and bits and so on and so forth and the intent always was to not only maintain machinery but to take that precision um, that knowledge of precision machining, and apply it to pipes
0: you weren't making pipes all this time you'd taken some time off
6: yeah after I after after the prior workshop uh, folded up then uh you know, I continued. I've smoked my pipes and so on and so forth, and I, uh, but I didn't have any machinery to, to actually make a pipe. So I, uh, I did the tool and die thinking that I would eventually, that, that after I was done with that, I would start making pipes again, but, uh, after I got done with the, uh, with the apprenticeship, then I was on a ski, ski trip to, Mammoth Mountain with a, a buddy of mine who was in the computer business. And, uh, he talked me into getting into the computer business and, and, uh, opened up some doors for me, uh, uh, for an interview. And, uh, so then I ended up in the computer industry out of Cupertino for, uh, 16 years.
0: I'm sorry, Cupertino, isn't that where Apple started?
6: Yeah, Cupertino, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so uh, so then I got caught up in the, uh, 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 eventually the company that I worked for got acquired by Compaq Computers, and then when Compaq got bought out by Hewlett Packard, I got caught up in that transition and a workforce reduction, and I got let go after 16 years. And uh, so I was sitting there holding the bag with with, uh, a house, a mortgage, and a family, and uh, didn't quite know what to do, so I bought myself a lathe and started making pipes again. And that was in 2003. And uh, haven't looked back since then. So I was uh, fifty, fifty years old uh,
0: in two thousand and three. so so your your second career so it's, and it's, second time back into pipe making i I'm interested what in in your in your point of view, the difference between the pipes you were making in the late 70s and the different, and the pipes now?
6: uh, Oh, worlds of difference. Worlds of difference. So much, so much more, uh, well done, um, better quality. You know, back in the 70s, uh, one of the things, one of the, the thing that I most admired about Dunhill Pipes were that their mouthpieces were hand-cut, and I thought that was, I thought that was just the best. And most everybody at that time, no, I, I'm unaware of anybody hand-making mouthpieces at that time besides Dunhill. I, I, I could be wrong, but uh, they were the only ones I knew of. there There might have been I don't know, maybe six to nine was handmaking mouthpieces. I don't know, but um, so you know, and now, now today, almost all, all, all artisan pipes have handmade mouth uh, mouthpieces, and and the fits in the tenons. You know, you get pipes from the seventies; you don't you don't have a good fit of the tenon to the bottom of the mortise in the in the pipe. You know, there's gaps in there. And, get a lot of moisture, they whistle. They, today's pipes are so much better. I think we're in the golden age of, of pipes right now. You know, pipes', pipes quality today are, are the same quality of, say, a pre-war Martin guitar. You know, those are Martin guitars from the pre-war era's go for hundreds of thousands of dollars now and
0: I think we're in the golden age of pipes today did you have to go through a little retraining process when you started making pipes again or did it just come back to you
6: no you know I I had a watershed moment um at the 2005 uh Chicago show and uh We came out from the show one afternoon and, um, there was a big crowd out in the, gosh, I can't remember where it was. And anyhow, there was a big crowd around and, uh, Todd and Jody had, uh, their, uh, joint pipe set together in a Harley Davidson gas tank. And, um, Uh, you know, I checked, the pipes were stunning, you know, I had, I had not really paid much attention to Danish pipes up to that point. I mean, uh, I had never really seen a teardrop shank before, and, and, uh, so I was startled to see those pipes, and then, uh, you know, I checked out Jody's pipes, and I checked out Todd's pipes, and, uh. I was, you know, I was kind of flabbergasted, you know, it's like, gosh, you mean you don't have to make just a a standard English shape? You can do this? And (laughs) and, uh, uh, it was like, you know, all the rules were broken as far as I was concerned. And uh, so, uh, you know, I started experimenting with that and, and uh, I don't know when it was, it might might've been about a year later or so. Uh I went out and visited Todd in in uh, South Carolina and uh he he showed me uh the the technique of freehand drilling that uh, enabled you to shape shape the pipe first without having to worry about uh the holes already being drilled in the pipe. And, uh, so that was a big, that was a big step for me. Uh, that was almost like relearning how to make a pipe. But on the other hand, you know, I was well versed in, uh, doing the drill, drill first, shape second. I understood the lines and the geometry and, and how that worked. So I was able to apply, I, I was able to apply that to uh, uh, a pipe that was already shaped when it went through. Put the holes in it, it; it made sense to me. So I probably picked up on it a lot faster than than others might. So that was that was a that was a big step, but also. You know, it uh, enables you. If you run into a flaw while you're shaping the pipe, you can uh, change, change direction, and still save the block of wood. So, and uh, you can also shape with with the grain, grain direction the way you want it—cross grain or, or straight grain—and it 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 it, uh, it frees you up artistically. It was a, it,
0: it's a liberating thing. What process in pipe making do you enjoy the most
6: uh, i i think uh, finishing and uh i think finishing more than anything i like i like finishing i like uh you know you're getting close to done and you get to see uh you get to see see the pipe coming to its uh, completion and and uh, whether you achieved what you set out to do when you started making the pipe and it gets real exciting because no two pieces of wood take take the same the, the same finish the same way you know i can stain two different pieces of wood with the exact same process and they might still come out Uh, shape different or they could come out radically different you know so each each piece of wood is its own uh own person so to
0: speak that kind of that's a perfect uh, train that's a perfect transition into what i was going to ask you about because your contrast sandblast is one of the prettiest in the business uh how long did it take you to get it to get it perfected and i guess you can't do that with every block of wood can you
6: no, no, you know, you got to you got to have a piece of wood that's got some pretty decent straight grain on it. But, uh, you know, you get too much bird's eye in there and it, it bird's eye just it won't take it. It won't take uh it won't take that contrast. And uh, so you got to get a nice piece of straight grain. And um it took it took it took a while and and uh you know there were some some failures and which is how do i get this brighter and and uh, it took a lot of experimentation i got one one or two ideas from talking to different people and uh Put those into practice and that helped out. And, uh, and, uh, then, uh, I used a little bit of my own imagination and, and, uh, the combination of some hints and, and my own imagination and, uh, I finally got that real stark contrast. So, it took about a, it took a, oh, I don't know, probably a year and a half to perfect
0: it. And last question before we wrap it up, on a good year, about how many pipes do you think you can produce?
6: Well, you know what, uh, in the last couple of years, I've kind of uh, had an opportunity to do a, a little self-appraisal and, and, uh, re-evaluating my life and everything. I was making, uh, I was making over a hundred pipes a year, uh, up until a couple of years ago. I think I'm probably down to about seven, seven, maybe 70, 75 pipes a year now. I'm kind of slowing down and enjoying life a little bit. But, uh, uh I think I'm, I think I'm probably making the best pipes I've ever made
0: right now. I own one and I'll so. agree with you. So there you go.
6: Yeah.
0: Uh, Brad, yeah. Brad, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah. What is your favorite pipe? What is my favorite
6: pipe? Um, that's a hard question. I guess my favorite my favorite pipe is. Uh, I'll tell you. You know what? I'll tell you what my fa- my favorite pipe is. I don't have my favorite pipe anymore. Bruce Blum has my favorite pipe. <laughs> <laughs> he bought it out of my mouth two years ago at Chicago, and he's not even smoking it. He just it just sits on a shelf and he looks at it because he thinks it's beautiful, and that's my favorite pipe.
0: What is your favorite tobacco?
6: Uh my favorite tobacco. Uh I think my favorite tobacco is uh oh gosh, my favorite tobacco would have to um, it'd be hard to pin it down to, to just one, but uh I like uh I like uh what is it, uh Joe Langford's uh Mississippi Mississippi River. Yep. And uh and I like uh oh if I could afford to buy it by the pound I'd buy a scudo. <laughs> but uh I can't buy it by the pound, so I buy uh Peter Stokebe Bullseye Flake. I think that's a great tobacco and uh, a, a great value for what you get.
0: What's your favorite drink?
6: Uh, My favorite drink is uh, Knob Creek. Knob Creek bourbon.
0: When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, Music. And the final question, Uh, is there a particularly favorite pipe-smoking memory that we haven't talked about?
6: Yeah, my... I guess one of the most delightful pipe smoking memories I have is uh, walking out of Charlie Cole's room at Chicago at about 2.30 in the morning and uh, he was right next door to the the smoking pipes uh, room and as we walked out at 2.30 in the morning we heard some laughs coming from smoking pipes so uh, I walked in with uh, Chip Kushner and we walked into uh, Smoking pipes room and uh, Tokatomi, uh, Teddy Newton and uh, Tony were in the room just talking. So we joined them, and uh, to make a long story short, we finally left at about ten thirty in the morning. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, we we just had an absolute blast. We were in there drinking and laughing and smoking pipes from two thirty. Two thirty in the morning till ten thirty in the morning. Wow, yeah. so I, that was a, that was an all star evening, I'll tell you. Uh,
0: if you would like to reach out to Brad and to see some pictures of his older pipes, his website is Pullman Pipes. It's P-O-H-L-M-A-N-N Pipes uh, Brad, you got a couple of retailers that carry your stuff, and then uh, you can always find Brad at a pipe show somewhere near you.
6: Thanks a lot, Brad.
0: Brad, thank you, and uh, hey, keep making great pipes. We'll be back with the show in just a minute.
1: Don't try to fool us. We know something is getting you down. The world. The job your wife, the rotten kids. What you need is a break that is guaranteed to boost your spirits. And the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas provides that break every year. Get off the plane. Look at those garish neon lights on Las Vegas Boulevard and start smiling. Then come to the Palace Station Hotel for a two-day nonstop spirit-lifting immersion in your favorite hobby. Pipes. Nothing but pipes. Smoke on the showroom floor. Gamble or gamble with those great friends you see all too infrequently. When you get home, only a little bit poorer. And why shouldn't the kids go to the local JC instead of being spoiled by that expensive university? You will be so much happier to see the wife and the kids. Unfortunately, we can't help with the job situation. November 6th and 7th, 2015, Las Vegas, Nevada.
8: Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products, from the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Baron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Baron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere.
1: This is Internet Radio.
0: We are back and uh, hey, uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, follow Brad Pullman on Facebook. He's got a ton of pictures of his pipes there and you can keep up to date with him. Uh, While you're on Facebook, Send me a friend request, yeah, Brian Levine, and also make sure and like the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. Alright, today is a National Coffee Day, Frank Sinatra is was a pipe smoker, and apparently there's an awful lot of coffee in Brazil.
2: Give some flavor. Coffee pickles way outsell the dill. Why they put coffee in the coffee in Brazil. No tea. No tomato juice. You'll see. No potato juice. The planters down in Santa's all say no, no. color serving coffee with a crawler, Duncan doesn't take a lot of skill, they've got an awful lot of coffee, an awful lot of coffee, man they got a gang of coffee in Brazil.
0: The first time I heard that song was working at the Dunhill store in Las Vegas. It was part of the uh, canned music playing in the shop.
3: Mm-hmm. Message from the dark
6: side there
0: is. That was for uh, Bo and John David. All right, mailbag. Back to episode. the episode with Al Jones. Uh, John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian in Germany. Yes, I was. Uh, I don't know Al Jones. He seems to be enjoying his foray into British pipes. The best online moderator is one who you do not know is even there. I'm green with envy. That would be British Racing Green. Of his ability to travel and hit all the pipe shops and clubs. Uh, YouTube interview Apollo Hester, yes, attitude is so important. Rant, you're right. FedEx is chicken shit. I hope they get sued for restraint of trade. Use the post office. Nice show, Brian. Uh, Casey Ghost Dan writes, Pipe Parts was very interesting. You did fail to mention that Gary Cooper financed the first high-speed machine to roll cigarettes. See, Bright Leaves? Or maybe haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, Honus Wagner, the T206, from the American Tobacco Company, is the most sought-after baseball card in the world. It last sold for $2.8 bucks. Wow. Uh, nice interview with Al Jones. He is one of the most respected members of the forums. Amazing... Uh, amazing number of pipe clubs he has visited. He's using his time on the road wisely. That YouTube interview seemed like a Zig Ziglar motivational speech. Yeah, from a high school kid. A uh, very common theme in business is to cave in to avoid legal costs. Yeah, we got that coming up in this rant, too. Uh, Voorhees wrote, love the interview with Al. He has a wealth of knowledge, and we have exchanged several posts on the forums, and he is always helpful Hopefully get to meet him at the NOLA Pipe Show. Sound was very good on the interview as well. Congrats on year number three. Thank you very much. And uh, quickly going back to uh, last week's show, uh, John Siler writes, Hi, Brian. I see they let you back into the States. I haven't met Dan Johnson yet, but I did get a chance to drive the John Cotton number one mild last weekend at the Pittsburgh Pipe Club meeting. Resurrecting old tobaccos is a great idea. It sounds like quite a competent team in terms of creating the blend, marketing, and the legal aspects. Uh, we opened a tin of Drucker's Red Lion last week and found, that the, uh, and found the Latakia tobaccos quite muted. So they had quite a challenge in recreating the, these old tobaccos. Uh, December 1st for the availability of the new blends, I can't wait. Music, the incredible flautist movement was interesting. Rant, fights should be stopped, not filmed. We've changed as a society. Too bad, good show rant. Uh, J Fox 520 writes, Great interview, Brian. It is still good to see that in this day, an uh, age of antis and overstepping government, that good friends of a like mind can get together and create a business. I wish a good journey to, to you, Dan and company. With all the talk about these blends, it looks like you are in for a great ride. Wishing the Standard Tobacco Company of Pennsylvania great success. Uh, The problem with stopping a street fight is that times have changed. They used to be fought with fists. Now any weapon can be involved, even automatics. (laughs) If the news channels would not pay for the videos, people would not take the time to record them. I didn't know they paid for them. Hey, maybe I can get another job. Uh, Crusader writes, Brian, in regards to the tobacco laws in the U.S., this is a link for what is going on, uh, tobaccorights.com, and he put the link in there. Also, I highly recommend all of our brothers of the leaf to join the IPCPR. It's, a $35, it's $35 a year or $500 for a lifetime membership that can be broken down to 10 payments. This money goes towards the rights of smokers. If everybody with... Uh, with this concern would join it would give the lawyers on our side the capital they need it's www.ipcpr.org he's right there's also the uh, cigar rights most of those groups are targeting cigars alright in just a minute uh, legal rant unload on Caesars World Entertainment number two
7: My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at smokingpipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team pipe you see is the pipe you get and it's just the one you've been searching for whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you we are quality we are experts we are collectors we are smokingpipes.com Cowboy. Cowboy.
0: Who of you remember about a year and a half ago when I unloaded on the uh, Caesars World Harrahs Entertainment Group because they couldn't, they could not guarantee me a smoking room two years in a row. And I went through the whole big deal about their computers. Well, here's what they did to our friends at the New Orleans Pipe Show. Uh, About two or three weeks ago, they came to them and said, look, our lawyers have said that you can't allow smoking in, that they can't have smoking in the room, but we can set you up on a patio outside total bullshit total screwed up interpretation of the law because in the middle of july i was sitting right there in the new orleans convention center owned by the city owned by the city and they allowed smoking in there because the reading of the law says that if it's a private room rented it is up to the owners of the establishment to allow smoking in the room the lawyers at Harris are probably part of the reason why Harris was happy to announce last month that they had renegotiated their debt to force them, uh, that would save them from not going into bankruptcy again. So there you go. Harrah's, you're screwed up, you're done, and congratulations on renegotiating your debt so that you could, uh, you know, hey, uh, not go bankrupt again. Anyway, Harris and the Caesars World Group Total boycott of them from me, including all 40 of their properties around the world, which include anything that says Harrah's or Caesar's on it. It also includes, and I'm skimming through this list, Bally's Atlantic City, Bally's in Las Vegas, the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas, the Rio in Las Vegas, Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, the Cromwell in Las Vegas, the Link in Las Vegas, and the Flamingo Las Vegas. All these places are off the list to me. In Mississippi, the Tunica Roadhouse is off my list. All the horseshoe properties around the United States, completely off the list to me, including the horseshoe in Council Bluffs, the uh, horseshoe in Baltimore, Maryland, off the list. I wouldn't step foot in them. I wouldn't give them a dime of my money if they were the only ones there. All right, uh let's wrap this up real quick. Uh if you want a real good read on the Inner Tobacco Show, go to the Dutch Pipe Smokers, uh com, and see what Arno wrote. Uh if you're coming to the New Orleans Pipe Show, hey, how about a whole group of us go walk by the front of the uh, New Orleans Casino with our pipes and stand out in front and show them all the money that we didn't send in there. All right, next week I'll uh, recap the uh trip to New Orleans for you. Hope to see you all there. Thank you to Brad for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in and thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Bum Company. Until next time.
3: Searching for that treasure. Sailing the seven seas on a five-year mission. Boldly going where no man has gone before. Say, that's catchy.